On today's Stuck In, our shortest episode ever, it took the longest to publish for reasons out of our control. Sorry, we're not sorry. Better late than never, I guess. By the way, is the anti-Manchester United shtick getting old? Nah, of course not. That plus a domestic roundup and a couple own goals and stoppage time winners. Tight and clean. Enjoy it, you filthy animals. We've got a moderate amount of ground to cover, and we don't spend an obscene amount of time on it. So, without further ado, let's get stuck in. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no power, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no fame, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. One more and more, people just want more and more freedom and love. What he's looking for, one more and more, people just want more and more freedom and love. What he's looking for, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire. Welcome to Stuck In, a Farmers League soccer podcast. Today is Monday, October 18th, 2021, and we have returned again to club football, although I'm sure there's another international window in like a week or whatever. Uh, But yeah, Bayern flexed hard as fuck. Uh, Juventus got a big win over Lord Voldemort. Um, But I think, Jared, we should start today with a result that saw an obviously poorly managed side continue to slide down the table as their pretty boy attacker spent the entire afternoon whining and complaining and also, by the way, not scoring uh, and much to the delight of the home fans and really neutral fans everywhere. Your final score in that one, New York Red Bulls won, New York City FC nil. It was a lovely day in Harrison, New Jersey, except for the, uh, the awful color blue that uh, permeated parts of the stands. Great mm. result for the lads. Unbeaten in seven, back in the playoff push. I didn't think it was possible two months ago, but here we are. And obviously, uh, as a joke, I knew I wanted to get that out of the way now. I know nobody actually wants to hear about an MLS regular season match, but I did need to flex over our uh, our city rivals, and now we can talk about the other fun game. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm more than happy to entertain uh, for maybe a minute or two uh, your delight. You know, New York is red and all that great stuff or whatever. Uh, but obviously a quick shout out and kind of a fuck you to all the United fans who you know you thought we were talking about Manchester United and their result on the weekend, which just proves, well, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, we'll talk more about that game, obviously, a little bit later. But, yeah, go ahead, Jared. You know, shower, gloat a little bit. You know, New York Red Bulls. Come on, man. New York's red. Yeah, I was, I was kind of nervous about it because we had played them twice in a week earlier, got a win and a draw to that. And, like, with their slide, they really needed to win. They're, they're now outside the playoff picture alongside the Red Bulls. They're actually tied right outside the playoff positioning. And I was really kind of just nervous that they were, you know, they needed to get that win back, right? They wanted a little bit of revenge on their minds. Uh, Red Bulls actually get a goal in the third minute off a set piece and, uh, you know, actually controlled the game. I think they got back to, like, what their, their classic pressing style that they've kind of become known for. Uh, City only had a couple real shots on target all day. Um, I wouldn't say a comfortable win, but, you know, nervy at the, until the end, a uh, big exhale with the final whistle, but 
always good to beat those big rivals. And of course, no matter who you root for, there's always that one team, right? If you're, if you're Man United, it's Liverpool. If you're Madrid, it's Barcelona. Whatever those big rivalries are, whenever you get to go, especially in person, watch the match and you get a win. Always a very good day, especially on a Sunday. You know, get to watch that. Uh, you know, watch a little football afterwards and just kind of have a nice relaxing Sunday with a smile on your face. Yep, football is football is football, even if it's MLS. And and yeah, happy to to indulge you, Jared. That, that might even be the first time we've uh, we've we've led with the MLS. I think but it uh, is, yeah. yeah, so uh, every every dog has his day. Every blind squirrel finds a nut. I don't know, whatever the saying is. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, just well, speaking of blind squirrels, uh, I <laughs> literally the epitome of one uh, right here. I have no fucking idea. Uh, what went on on the weekend, which is kind of becoming a recurring theme for me uh, between the coaching obligations and a uh, quick shout out to our boy, Jeff uh, uh, Brooke. And I saw Hades town this weekend, which is like his new favorite musical one best musical last year. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. But anyways, all that to say, because I'm sure the traveling supporters care so much, uh, is that I really don't know much about what went on. Uh, I'll have a few things to say. Jared, you're mostly going to carry us. And uh, yeah, let's let's do that for the topics. Let's really just do a domestic roundup. We'll start with uh, that uh, Premier League result, Manchester United 2, Leicester City 4. Uh, and yeah, Jared, all, all I saw, basically my phone was blowing up. And that is all the only knowledge that I have on the entire thing was just constantly seeing the, the goals come in, you know, United getting back into the game, but then not being in the game. And of course, my other soccer group chat, which is predominantly United fans, just completely blowing up as well. Uh, Jared, your thoughts on Leicester City 4, Manchester United 2. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny. This is one of those matches that whether you watch it or not, you can look at the stats and the stats really tell the story here, right? We've seen a lot of games where, and when we talked about United having this long, you know, this list of fixtures that was going to be a challenge and going to be difficult, et cetera, et cetera. Playing at Leicester is never easy, of course. But look, you know, possession is about even, but shots on target, 11 to 6. Shots overall, 22 to 18. So it shows you, again, United blasting a bunch of shots that are not going near the net. And it got, again, it's a back and forth, right? So Greenwood gets you started. Uh, Lester gets the the bizarre, I guess, amazing Tielemans goal. I think we could probably have some debate as to whether he was, you know, that was his intention. Right. Um, and then, you know, again, you're 1-1 with about 15 minutes to go. And you go, okay, like this might be a fair result, whatever, whatever. And then, of course, everything just absolutely explodes. Uh, you know, the three goals in five minutes, uh, two by Leicester, one by, you know, United. But again, it's not good enough from United. They're, they're not playing well enough. They're not coach, being coached well enough. Um, I think the result's a fair reflection of what went on uh, over the course of, of 90 minutes. And while on a different day, United might have been able to steal a goal uh, and, and maybe even win the game, this was not that day. Um, and I don't know what the answer is. I've, you know, I've read a lot of things from people who follow the team a lot closer than I do. And, and there's a lot of confusion. Is it, do we need to play two up top with Cavani? Do we need to... You know, do is it does does Ole need to be able to pull the trigger and actually take Ronaldo out of a game because he did it once and gets you know they gave up the goal and whatever and now he can't do it even when he's not playing well and mm. so I don't know I don't know what the answer is because again this is their 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 fixtures are not getting any easier uh, they're not playing well at all they have a Champions League match you know obviously upcoming this week as well so there's another fixture in there and again it's a game they have to win because they lost to young boys earlier. And so it's just, it's, it's a mess, right? There's no other way to say yeah, it. Yeah, th this run of games, super difficult. Um, but yeah, Jared, would you say there was any correlation uh, between uh, not starting McFred in this game and the result? Do you think that had anything to do with it? Uh, I don't know. Um, Matic, uh, Pogba, and, and Bruno Fernandez, your, your midfield three. Which, yeah. by the way, and I'm, I'm looking at the lineup here. I mean, if you have Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho, Mason Greenwood, and Bruno Fernandez as that front four, Good God, how are you not putting more shots on target? 
I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, right? Because you're coming off an international break. You're coming off, you know, some of these guys playing more than others for country. McTominay, obviously a big part of uh, Scotland's setup. Um, obviously, Fred probably not playing as much for Brazil. I don't, actually, I don't even know if Fred is called up by Brazil, so I don't even know if he was able to play. To be completely yeah, and, and by the way, let's um, be very clear, Jared, that comment was entirely yeah, no, cheek, so right, we don't but, even need to really explore that. But no, but like a lot of people are even saying like, like should Maguire have started because he's been, you know, like nursing an injury and should they have played someone? Like, you can't say that, right? We have no idea. Like, right. you don't know what the practices look like. You don't know what these guys coming in off international break look like. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to say that even from a lineup perspective, you got it wrong. I, I think it's it's one of those things that it's very easy to say, especially when it's a manager under fire, but you don't know. And so, but uh, nonetheless is a, is a midfield two of Madich and Pogba and for, with Fernandez ahead of them good enough to win a game in the Premier League. Yeah. I'm inclined to think they are. Is Maguire and Wendelhoff good enough to win a game? Yeah. I'm inclined to think they are. And they didn't today and, or, you know, this weekend and, and that's how it goes. But I, I and to your point as being tongue in cheek, if that is what you're hoping to save your season, then maybe you do have a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, fair play. I, look, in, in the end, and again, I, I didn't see the game. I'm just catching whiffs of it here and there. Uh, and I, I just, again, we, we harp on the Sole thing or whatever, but it's true. I mean, you know, he was just outmanaged by Brennan Rodgers, who by all accounts is just like a significantly uh, better manager of a football club. I mean, here's here's a guy who's who's tinkering with a new system. I mean, it's very early days for Leicester City in this 3-4-1-2 that they threw out there. Uh, and, and they still you know, wipe the floor with United for two years. And the last side I'll throw out there, which probably just kind of tells you how the game went, is the number of fouls on each team. United committed 17 and West Western committed five. And when you see a difference like that is indicative of a game where one team is absolutely just running the other team, like, in yeah, the ground running right. because you can't like, – and there's no other recourse. And, you know, when it's 17-5, to 5, you can't really complain. It's a poorly officiated game. There's no red cards. There's no penalties, anything like that. But it's obviously just a, a, a symptomatic or emblematic of the game where Leicester was just able to kind of, uh, you know, kind of do what they wanted to do and, and again, get those goals late to, to get the three points. Right, right. Well, uh, it's, it's almost like one of those things um, – where and, and we alluded to this in, in other pod episodes. It's like if you are a United fan and you want Ole out, you kind of have to cheer against your own team and you kind of have to hope for these types of results. It's pretty fucking sad, but like if you're looking out for the long term future and health of this club, that's kind of what you have to go for. I don't know. Yeah, not but, not and, ideal. Yeah, not ideal to say the least. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll we'll leave that there. Uh, anything else in the prem, Jared, to touch on? Yeah, it was actually a pretty exciting weekend. There were a lot of good stuff. Uh, probably the the best game or best drama certainly would have been Wolves, Aston Villa. Villa at home grabs a 2 nothing lead, and Wolves respond with three goals after the 80th minute, including a 95, uh, 95th minute deflected winner. I believe uh, it was Neves on that one um, as they move up to 10th in the table. And it's a really not a great, uh, great you know, result for Aston Villa, clearly. You know, you have those early two goals. You think you're going to coast at home. Again, this is a Wolves team that hasn't been all that good this year. They've been all right, but nothing great. You certainly don't expect them to pour three goals on in, in 15 minutes or whatever. But, you know, Saiz gets them on the board. Connor Cody, of all people, gets the equalizer in the 85th <laughs> minute. And then Nevis gets the winner. And it's, it's I mean, again, it's one of those games where, you know, if that's a if that's a Liverpool Man City game or a, a Chelsea Arsenal game, we talk about that game ten years later as the great comeback by whoever you know on the road to silence the home fans. But because it's Wolves and Villa, I guess it's probably one of those that is going to uh, probably I guess stay under the radar. Yeah, I mean by hook or by crook. And if you need Connor Cody scoring goals for you to get you back on track, I mean go for it, man. And and, and again, you know, I'm only catching sniffs of 
the action this weekend. I did listen to the Guardian, uh, you know, this morning while I was going for a run, and uh, apparently uh, it was less that Wolves really won the game and Aston Villa really more lost it for themselves, I think. Some incompetence there, Jared. Yeah, I mean, again, anytime you give up the two-goal lead at home after – it's hard to imagine, right? You're never giving up three wonder goals in that situation, right? Now, that's the rarity. So there obviously are some breakdowns there. Uh, yeah, and it's – and again, you're, you know, we talk about depth of these teams. We talk about the ability to close games out. And maybe you just have a couple teams that are not familiar enough, I suppose you could say. Um, but, you know, again, when you're hey, up to and yes. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Yeah, I hear you. It's, okay. It's a, you, you, got, you got the underwater robot voice going on for a little bit there. So, yeah, th- this is going to be, as usual, perfect, amazing pod. Uh, I don't know how much of that came through, but hopefully uh, some of it. Not um, I, I don't know. Too long didn't read. Asimov screwed it up. Let's, let's yeah, it up. okay. Fair, fair play. Uh, and can we also – I don't know if you mentioned in there whether uh, – did Josh Sargent miss a sitter this weekend as well? So it was like a half sitter. He, he had an open net, and he was, uh, he was like right outside the 18 and just kind of for some reason decided to put a little backspin on it. Um, so it kind of okay. didn't reach the net. Um, but, yeah, I was going to go – I was going to go in a slightly different American direction to close out the Premier League. Um, two, two goalie notes here, uh, because I don't want to talk about Josh Hargett and be sad. Um, first would be Chelsea one, Brentford nil, a, a Benjamin Mendy uh, masterclass. Not Benjamin mm-hmm. Mendy, that's not the right word. Uh, Edward yeah. Mendy masterclass. <laughs> uh, that's a different kind of masterclass for Benjamin Mendy. Um, no, but, I mean, like, Mendy might Pogba, Pogba, and Pogba. Uh, Mendy might end up being, like, the best goalie in the world within, like, two years. He's just been absolutely incredible. Uh, he's oh, wow. he's cool. done a lot of great things. Big saves here. I think he had three or four just world-class saves in that one. And then uh, Man City 2, Burnley nil. Uh, College Park Buffon, Zach Steffen, a, a clean sheet in his first Premier League start of the season. And also actually went up one nothing in the uh, late in the first half. Kind of had a stop on a breakaway to keep the game uh, uh, with a city lead. And they, and they coast from there. So always good to see an American. Uh, obviously, Steffen doesn't get many chances. But always good to get, you know, have him get one and, and kind of produce a clean sheet. Wow. Surprised uh, Pep let Stefan even have a sniff of the field after that absolutely atrocious performance uh, for the U.S. Well, I, they didn't really have much of a choice because uh, Ederson was not eligible to play. Oh, well, there you have it. Okay. Uh, I don't even know who the third stringer is there, but yeah, good for our, uh, you know, College Park Buffon there. Um, yeah, we'll leave the Premier League at that, uh, although there is uh, there's one or two more to talk about, but we're going to save that for, for the segments. Um, let's move on to uh, your other uh, favorite, your, your mistress, the Bundesliga. Um, probably the, the main result there, like we said, Bayer Leverkusen won, Bayern Munich five. I mean, they just literally just pulled their pants down and put their nuts on the table. And we're like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Leverkusen? Like I, I'm terrified of Munich. And Dude. we've said this before. Uh, yeah. We talked about this in the champions league, right? All these results are going and they're just like usually winning games scored four or five. And here's another example on the road at the team that, that entering the weekend was second in the table. So, you know, and Dortmund had won previously. So technically it was one versus three at kickoff. This is a one versus two. And Bayern Munich scores four goals in eight minutes in the first half and are winning <laughs> five nothing at halftime. And like, I mean, and there's, and you said it right. There's nothing else you can say about it. It's ruthless. It is. It's easy. I almost say easy. It's easy for them, I guess, in a sense, right? They they make or at it least they make it look easy. Yeah, they make yeah. it look easy. And it's like, and you know, and and they're just so precise. And everything they do 
it's like they, it's like they're challenging each other, right? It, it's not mm. even just a matter of the intrinsic challenge of the of the game in front of them. It's a matter of okay, well, if you know so and so gets a goal, then uh, you know if Lewandowski scores, then Gnabry wants to get one, and if Gnabry scores, the viewer wants to get one, and when viewer scores, uh, you know Lewandowski goes, I'm going to get my second one, and then Gnabry's going to get his second, like. The, like they just it goes they go crazy and again like 30th minute 34th 35th 37th like there's not even enough time to kick off like what like yeah. i don't understand like it wouldn't even, it doesn't even seem possible but again here we go right this is the normal this becomes the normal every year every year we try and figure out the way right is it leipzig is it dortmund is it leverkusen is it wolfsburg whoever is going to be the challenger and at one point we go oh yeah it's like you know, it's like two points apart or whatever or whatever and then it's like but no it's not and right now is Bayern's only up by like a couple points, fine. But you know what? They their goal difference is like thirteen better than anyone else in the league, or twelve better than anyone else in the league. And it's yeah, just dude, like, I'm yeah. looking at the table right now: twenty nine <laughs> goals for eight against. So not only are they like extremely prolific at scoring, but they just don't really concede that much. It looks like Freiburg's the only one who's let up yeah, less and- goals. And half the time they concede, it's like, all right, fine. They gave up a goal against Leverkusen. It was in the 55th minute up 5 nothing. It doesn't even count. Like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's – look, I I hope as a Dortmund supporter, I hope Dortmund can pips him. I hope somebody can make it challenging just again as an objective person. But, it, I mean, it's just – it's not uh, – <laughs> it's not feasible. It's just – I don't see how it happens because these guys are – too good and then you know in the second half as they're just kind of kind of casually uh, you know get the game down they put Musiala on they put Sabitz around they put Kingsley, Kingsley Coleman on she's like ah like uh, what, what do you even say to it yeah it's it is kind of ironic isn't it that the the team that has the least difficulty with its own domestic league is the one team that's like vehemently opposed to the European Super League you know whereas you have your Real Madrid's and you know the, those clubs that are like well there's no competition here we need to go play in another league oh wait actually everyone else is losing in all those leagues they're like second third sixth place or whatever and but here's Bayern he's like eh, we don't need that but yeah they're still cleaning up house and taking care of business at home um yeah anything else real quick Jared in the Bundesliga yeah just one thing I, I want to give a little tip of the Amer- you know the American cap Chris Richards in the Hoffenheim's five mm. nothing win against Cologne, right? And this was a Friday afternoon game. This was not a Saturday game. It was their Friday evening game. And and Chris Richards started, went ninety minutes for the U.S. on Wednesday, flew back to Germany, and he was on the bench, you know, figuring, all right, there's no reason he's going to play, right? Give him a give him a break. And in the like thirtieth minute, uh, Katterbach, I believe, was the center back that got hurt. You know, they go, they forced into action plays 60 minutes off of 48 hours rest and a cross transatlantic flight uh, comes in and they get the clean sheet, a comfortable win, obviously Cole nowhere near their level right now, five nil, as I said, the score, but you know, uh, a tip of the cap for him being able to go 90 in a a big national team game, right? An important game flying across to Germany and be able to go 60 minutes and and, then show up and and keep help his team keep, keep a clean sheet. Yeah, fucking right, man. Love it. Uh, yeah, a bit of a American mega boner there. And, uh, uh, and Holland, and Holland scored, by the way. <laughs> oh, a difference yeah. match, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, shocker. Um, death taxes and Erling Haaland scoring a goal, pretty much. Um, and uh, one other quick American shout. It looks like, I don't know, maybe Jesse Marsh has got RB Leipzig back on track a little bit, sitting eighth in the table. They're climbing their way back up. Very little bit. Uh, another road draw, which is not, again, not a terrible result in the vacuum, but again, not the um... – not ideal when you're again you're trying to get all these points back and you're trying to kind of make up for it. It's a it's a draw against I believe it was Freiburg and you hope to just mm. get a little bit of a better result there. But nonetheless, still getting points on the road and, and again hopefully uh, they can settle down a little bit and before oh wait no their next game is against PSG. Never mind. 
<laughs> yeah, never mind. Indeed. Uh, let's do a quick flyby of Syria and La Liga. Uh, yeah, the one result that we alluded to, uh, the, uh, the flying Mourinho's nil Juventus one. Uh, again, I know nothing about the game, Jared, uh, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Early goal from, uh, Everton cast off Moise Keen. Uh, yeah. Oh, Moise Keen, let's go. <laughs> uh, and again, who Dude, you just gotta love when Moise Keen, Chupa Moting, like when these guys get goals. Oh, just fucking love it, um, man. Yeah, but again, you know, uh, look, uh, Roma's was on a bit of a stumble before the break. It has not rectified itself as of this time. Uh, Juventus again uh, was trending in the right direction before the international break, and has continued to do so. Not really much to say about it other than it was the big tie. I actually uh, a couple of other games I think are far more interesting. And since we are doing the flyby, let's go there. Sure. I got do I got a tip of the cap for Milan. A 3-2 win over Hellas. They were also down 2-0. Uh, Giroud with the first goal there to spur them on the comeback. And then a penalty and an own goal. Kind of like the weird little uh, hat trick to uh, to get the victory back. But the really the game of the day, as it turns out again, uh, the, what ends up happening. Lazio 3 Inter 1 with two just delicious uh, uh, events in there for the casual objective fan. The mm. first would be Felipe Anderson gets the, uh, the winner in like the 82nd minute. While Inter had a player down. Uh, injured, they did not play oh, the ball no. out, and he scored the goal, which pretty much started a, uh, a, a some some festivities on the pitch between the two teams. Uh, and then uh, a, you mean Lazio involved in a fight? That's yeah, like amazing, right? amazing at the amazing at the fascist didn't uh, follow like a decent right decorum <laughs> and protocol. And then after uh, in the ninety seventh minute, after they scored a, an insurance goal to make it three one, Luis Felipe gets a hilarious red card for uh, celebratorily jumping on the back of his opponent, like as if you were like carrying a guy around the field. like <laughs> He just jumps on the back of the interplayer, like with his arms in the air, like celebrating the victory and, uh, and gets a red card in the 97th minute. Uh, high comedy. If you haven't seen oh. that clip, you should. <laughs> Hold on. So like the, the classic, like score the goal and then get like a piggyback ride from your teammate. More or less. A teammate, the, guy. A teammate, the other guy who's just <laughs> lost the game three, one on a very contentious goal and a, uh, and a stoppage time, uh, you know, goal to solve the way. I mean, if you just signed the still, image it's hilarious i mean the guy's literally like armor one arm around the dude's like shoulders and neck other arm up in the air like he just won the fucking world cup and then like oh, you can just kind of see like God. the face of the uh the interplayer just be like what like what the fuck just happened like yeah. you know it's a still shot's perfect because it's like before he's even totally process what's gone on with this kind of look of like anger and confusion at the same time uh, just it's fucking brilliant uh yeah. and it, 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 high humor and again if you haven't seen the clip or the picture uh definitely go seek that out because it definitely got a laugh out of me yeah, check out the clip for sure. Anything else in Serie A real quick? No, I'm good with that. Okay, cool. Uh, and La Liga, what went on Yeah, La Liga? Uh, not, not too much going on here. Two matches have been postponed due to uh, the Champions League fixtures. So Granada hosting Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid hosting Bilbao have been pushed to a later date. So again, two of the big three uh, in name certainly did not even play this weekend. Barcelona, an interesting one, uh, actually at home, goes down in the first five minutes against Valencia, one nothing, and you just go, oh, my God, here we go again. But this time, uh, they were able to actually uh, solve the problem. Fati gets an early goal to kind of equalize, to stabilize. Depay gets a, um, a penalty. And then uh, late in the game, uh, a, a, an interesting combination. By the way, in, the, in this game, Sergio Des playing more of a right wing than a right back for mm. Barcelona. And he gets an assist, feeding Philippe Coutinho for the, ins- uh, the the insurance goal late in that match. Uh, so if you had a desk to Coutinho in 2021 on your Barcelona bingo card, you uh, you can put your chip down on that. No, I love it, man. Uh, anything else in La Liga? No, I think we'll leave it there. 
Okay, cool, cool. Because, uh, yes, uh, perfect timing here, actually, as we're going to transition from the topics to the segments. Uh, no interview uh, today. Again, uh, eagerly awaiting the triumphant return of that in the next couple of episodes. Um, but, yes, perfect timing on our first segment, which is going to be uh, how we feel about being Arsenal and Newcastle supporters today. Uh, great timing for me uh, because I'm literally turning on the game right now against Crystal Palace. So I guess ask me again in about two hours how I feel. Uh, but yeah, really excited to uh, see that that Vieira Crystal Palace in action. Uh, I have not actually seen it yet. Um, but Jared, great timing for you uh, because this is actually the first time that we'll be able to talk about Newcastle after. Uh, and I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, an actual autocratic like nation state uh, founded upon uh, just like bajillions of Oil money, uh, pet, uh, Petrobucks, I believe they're called. Um, yeah, it's the first time that your, your team has been taken over by a, an actual country. Uh, how are yeah. you feeling, Jared? Yeah, we talked. We actually talked about this literally, I think, a day before the, it actually went through, right? We kind of said it, there was some news that it was back on, and I was kind of like, oh, here we go again, hoping it didn't happen, honestly, and, and of course it has. And, and it, right, it's... so it officially happened, but, but here's the thing. So when we talked about it, it was, it was just, the, it was pretty much the like, here are the rumors, but it's going to happen right. type of thing, which I found out reading The Athletic today. Apparently, like, it was the actual chair of the Premier League who, like, let this shit slip out. Um, and, like, the rest of, you know, the rest of the league is calling for the head of, of the Premier League anyway uh, uh, because of a million uh, other reasons, you know, uh, pertaining to that. But, yeah, apparently he was the one who let it slip, and then it became the story that the Saudi takeover is actually happening, which is insane to me yeah uh i don't feel great about this whole thing to be honest um uh, if i'm being you know to sell my soul and to be honest about it i think once it probably like happens like when the game's on it's like you root for your team it's really hard not to do that right and, and even if you kind of object to this whole situation when the guys are on the field and they're playing it's, it's hard to want them to lose uh when they show the fucking saudis celebrating in the box after like an early goal it makes it a little bit worse i suppose um yeah, I, I don't know. It, it sucks. Um, well, what? Wait, it, give us a quick shout. Did you watch the game? I mean, it was like an I incredible saw, I saw the... introduction. What an insane first game to happen. And here, like, the fans are buzzing, right? Again, it's literally like the devil, you know, you know versus the devil you don't. So I guess Ashley really was that bad. Everyone is so fucking pumped. Yeah, that, I, and then they score thing. what in the second minute? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I did see the first 30 minutes before I headed, you know, headed over to Red Bull Arena, so I did not watch the whole game. I, I saw most of the, you know, I saw enough to know what was going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was an interesting moment, right? Again, you're happy your team scores. It's, look, Callum Wilson has done nothing wrong here, right? This is not on Callum Wilson. It's yeah. not on, you know, Alan St. Maximan. It's not on Steve Bruce even, as much as I want him fired like, to, like five minutes ago. This is not on them, right? So they still have to go out and play hard. And, and you know, again, they're still the guys. These are not the Petro guys, right? And in a year when it's like uh, the aforementioned Coutinho and Harry Kane and, you know, they like like somehow like cry you like got the cryogenically frozen Johan Cruyff. Like when that's the starting lineup, right? Like it's going to be a little bit different. But for now, it's like you just still watch the game. But when you see them celebrating, it's still – I had mixed emotions, honestly. You want your team to win. You want them to get a win. But at the same time, you don't want those people to be happy. And right, I think right. that's really where it comes down to. Uh, so how do I feel? I don't know. I, I still think Steve Bruce should be fired. And by all accounts, it will be happening uh, in the next couple of days. I will have to say that uh, I think the big really Lampard in, I think, Jared. Lampard in. God, please. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, to your point about Cruyff, I mean, I'm pretty sure the state of Saudi Arabia like has his it. DNA yeah, frozen yeah, like fine. somewhere. So they're just going to like recreate all these footballers. I, I would also say that the big moment from this game, obviously was, you know, the, uh, we had a, a near, 
a very similar situation to the Christian Eriksen Denmark Euros thing. We had a fan that like went into cardiac arrest right, during yeah. the game. And uh, by the way, it was it was very telling. And I, I think it just spe- there speaks volumes. And I can say this now. Obviously, again, the guy is, uh, has been stabilized and is okay. But uh, it was actually the Spurs players that noticed it that like were able to alert. Uh, you know, the medical staff to get up there with the defib and, and do everything. It wasn't even like Newcastle not even looking out for their own fans, apparently. Uh, that <laughs> that Tottenham had enough time to beat Newcastle on the field and still play doctor off the field at the same time. Uh, all jokes aside, uh, very happy that they were able to get up there. Uh, a fan was even, another fan was performing CPR even before the doctors got there. But look, they have defibs on site. They probably saved this dude's life and, and not all that. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, some things are bigger than football, okay? And it's bigger than owners and it's bigger than players. And the fact that we were able to save a life is really the most important thing here. Football is a distant second, third, and fourth to just the the, the, the preciousness of life and the human existence. And, and that's, you know, really what's important here. Wow, Jared. I, I mean, what a pitch. I, you should uh, t- take up a position as like director of PR somewhere. I mean, that fact, was, you, you really the, spun, you spun a web right there. And the fact that I didn't get struck by lightning while saying that says a lot about a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I did hear about that again. Just listen to the guardian pod. And apparently like Eric Dyer, it was like literally in the middle of play, right? Like yeah, it, it could have like, kept going on and Dyer just like saw this thing happening and was like, fuck the game. Let's go save right. this person's life. Yeah. And, and is, right, I think yeah, Regulon right. was another guy who I think was instrumental in getting, I think the, you know, the medical team out there and, and getting the ref to stop the game and everything else. So yeah. Um, yeah. But again, so we can, uh, we can at least take some light that, you know, at least literally Newcastle did not kill one of their fans with their shitty performance. Mm, yeah. Maybe Spurs back on track as well. Cause they're able to win a game and save a life at the same time. Good for them. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. And here is hoping uh, fingers crossed on the next segment that I am able to connect with Dr. Manuel Rodero uh, after we talk today. So that'll be our league on check-in with him. Uh, so if we're able to do that, we're going to go ahead and do it right now this is a magisterial goal of the highest order okay and we're joined now by dr manuel rodero the triumphant return of league uh review uh league dr. Rodero. Uh. yes sir yes sir league uh uh dr rodero would you like to say hi to the traveling supporters hey everyone i hope you're all uh doing well and have been enjoying these beautiful fall days Yes, uh, I assure you that all of the traveling supporters are doing well. They're enjoying the fall days and they're staying safe as well. I know you always have to remind them of that. They, they finally took your advice uh, seriously. So um, anyways, uh, yeah, quick shout here. Uh, I think a league uh, check-in that will be very fitting for this pod. Let's make it quick, uninformed, <laughs> smash and grab job, get out of here. Uh, first things first, uh, we return from the international window to a treat uh, in getting some Friday league uh uh, action uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, the, a big tilt that you and I have both been looking forward to, PSG and Ongers on yeah. Friday, Friday Night Lights. Uh, so what do you know, Manny, about PSG Ongers? Well, unfortunately, my hope that Ongers would win did not come to fruition. But I'll say this, they had the lead going in to the half, and it would have been their first win in Paris since 1975. But they couldn't pull it off. Wow, that's an incredible stat. Uh, it, it, that's obviously part of that is going to be Paris's domination, but also my guess is Angers hasn't been in the top flight <laughs> for a very long time. Uh, so they probably don't play each other that often. But yeah, but yeah like you said, I mean, did is, uh, yeah, Angers goes out 
in in front and as i like hurriedly uh try and pull up the the result here in the match report um because yeah this is uh good okay uh right yeah so angelo fulgini uh manny in the 36th minute putting angers up one nil uh but then yeah psg doing psg things in the second half yeah yeah but look the thing i've been harping on with psg the entire time is shots on target once mm. again there were even shots on target here like, why can PSG not generate more, I guess, shots on target? I, it's very confusing to me. That is really incredible, actually, right? And if you look at the goal scored, uh, Daniela Pereira in the 69th minute, uh, a goal in the run of play, uh, but PSG actually needed a penalty shot. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that counts as a shot on target. So really, Manny, they only had like one shot on target for the whole game, and that was the other goal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. And, and it's been like that every single week that we've had this, you know, chat. Yeah, it really is amazing. Uh, Mbappe slotting for PSG. Mbappe also slotting uh, during the international window for, for for. What do you think about Mbappe taking these penalties? You, and if you recall, which I'm sure you do, uh, over the summer for Euro, uh, Mbappe was first of all overall just absolutely atrocious for France. Um, but then he also missed uh, a really big important penalty kick in that game. So for him to come back for this, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I'll say this: like, who who else is going to take it? Messi or someone? They weren't there, right? <laughs> they, were, they, they, they weren't at this game. So there was no Messi. There was no Neymar. So I think Mbappe is probably the reasonable guy to take it in, in that situation. Yeah, that probably does make sense. Yeah, looking at the, the lineups here, Rafinha and Icardi, obviously, uh, filling out the rest of that, that front three. So no, no M&M uh, for that game. And, and yeah, for, you know, plucky old underdog PSG were able to pull it out without their, <laughs> their, their best two players. So, yeah, good for them, I guess. Uh, yeah, they're, they're running. I'm looking at the table right now. Oh, they're it's running bad. Away with the league. Yeah, they're up by like 10 or something. It's not good. Yeah, it is not good at all. Uh, I guess, you know, Anger's still with a, a puncher's chance. I mean, it, it's pretty much a clusterfuck below PSG right there. Any, any predictions for how this, this table's going to shake out in the next couple of weeks or for the uh, rest of the year? I, I don't know. I'm holding out hope that Anger's can still get in some, you know, uh, international sort of play, Euros, some, something. <laughs> well, I don't even know what that means. Uh, but again, this is a very fitting the, league. Uh, what's the league? Europa League? That's the, the other one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Europa League. Well, that's uh, what and for. Yeah, probably Conference League is, is more uh, appropriate for them. But um, yeah, that, that's, you know, we'll leave that at that. Uh, Claremont Foot, by the way, I don't think we even need to go there, man. It's just, it's kind of sad. No, it's, it's been disappointing. They're like close to relegation. So yeah. things are not looking good. Mm. Well, uh, and yeah, just to close the loop on PSG there, speaking of no, uh, of uh, that front three, uh, Neymar was not in the lineup for that game against Angers, uh, and it looks like he will not be available for their midweek Champions League tilt against RB Leipzig. How on yeah. earth, how on earth will this team with no depth, no money whatsoever, how are they ever going to possibly, gut, like, they're just going to have to gut out a result, I think, uh, on the week, uh, in midweek? Uh, it, it looks like it, but uh, <laughs> I think I wouldn't count out this team with the amount of, uh, you know, I guess limited resources, as you want to say, available. Yeah. How are they going to manage against, you know, just an international uh, brand like, you know, Red Bull? Uh, they've just got this international worldwide network of clubs. Uh, what, what can what can this this little minnow, what can this this shrimp uh, in the soccer world do against fifth, that. In the fifth best league. Come on, a team from the fifth best league? How can they possibly compete? 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess we will see. Uh, and Jared and I will recap that uh, in not a Thursday episode, but a Friday episode. We're going to have ah. to bump uh, this week to Friday. Um, well, yeah, anyways, uh, we're going to leave it right there. Uh, but yeah, for a guy who does a recurring segment on the show, I am absolutely 100% certain that you do not actually listen uh, to the podcast. And that's totally fine. Uh, most of our friends don't <laughs> listen to it, which is completely okay. Uh, but you may or may not uh, have known or heard uh, that Jared and I gave you a nice little shout out. We have a little thing at the end, always a stoppage time winner, just a nice little positive way. Jared and I are very snarky. We're very negative at times uh, and obviously super sarcastic. Uh, so we always like to end it on, on a positive high note. Uh, and the last shout, uh, Jared's stoppage time winner uh, last episode was for you and Susan, the lovely Aww. husband and wife. So congratulations to you guys. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good time last weekend. How you feeling, man? You're like officially married. It's all done and dusted. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to your help as the efficient. Might I might I remind the, the audience? Yes. Uh, and I think I didn't fuck it up. So that's good. No, it went it went very smoothly. It was great. It was wonderful. So thank you. And I'm, I'm feeling great. So all good. Awesome. Uh, on the Western front. Great. All good. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And that's how we're going to end that. Uh, Dr. Rodero, thank you so much for your time. Uh, say farewell to the traveling supporters. Farewell, everyone. And uh, as our host said, stay safe. So. <laughs> yes, we will all Take stay safe. We'll enjoy the fall weather. And uh, yeah, that'll do it. League on Review. Thank you so much for your time, yeah, thank sir. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Yep. Cheers. Will you stop talking about tennis players and stupid Hollywood actors, Phil? Okay, and we are back, if I was able, indeed, uh, to connect with Dr. Rodero. If not, uh, you probably just heard some awkward silence in between, or maybe I'll fill something in there. Who knows? Uh, but anyways, um, let's get to our last segment here. Obviously, the fan favorite, the infamous own goal of the day. Jared is your gracious host. I will allow you to go ahead and go first. Yeah, actually, I, I know that we actually both have very similar uh, situations here, similar uh, own goals of the day. Uh, if, I can, if I can cross-pollinate our sports for a minute, there is a famous quote from legendary college basketball coach Jerry Tarkanian back, I think it was in the 70s, maybe the <laughs> 80s. And what had happened is Kentucky had done something uh, for, you know, not the first time had done something that probably the NCAA would look unfavorably uh, above. And he said, the NCAA was so mad at Kentucky that they gave Cleveland State two more years of probation. And I say that to say this, is that CONCACAF has announced that Panama will play their next World Cup qualifier behind closed doors because their fans had homophobic chants during a World Cup qualifier against the U.S. Now, as far as I know, as far as I know, this is the first time that Panama has ever been charged with homophobic chants during a game. And they got the same punishment that Mexico got for the like 45th penalty for homophobic chance during a game and by the way this is on the same night or i believe that or maybe a couple nights later if not the same night that mexico had their game stopped for a few minutes because of the homophobic chant and concacaf must have been so mad at mexico that they gave panama one game behind closed doors yeah, it's truly incredible. Uh, and, and by the way, to, to clarify, uh, Jared, and for all the traveling supporters who may or may not be familiar with 
you know, uh, 1980s, 1990s uh, college basketball coaches. I believe Jerry Tarkanian uh, was was famous for uh, chewing on a towel on the sideline. Uh, is that correct? Uh, he did a lot of things. He also was no stranger also to getting in trouble with the NCAA, which kind of made him making this comment, uh, you know, also uh, a bit rich as well. But yeah, he, he was the coach right. of UNLV in the late 80s, early 90s, won a national title with a absolutely stacked lineup, almost won a second one, got to another final, and then uh, – yeah, eventually got fired because he broke a bunch of NCAA rules and bounced around for a while. I think he just passed away in the last couple of years, but yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, to your to your point, uh, the whole footballing uh, angle here, um, right, it, which it, it makes perfect sense, right? Uh, you know, Panama does it for the first time, first time offender. They should just get a little slap on the wrist. They should, you know, conquer capture. Oh, no, actually, they give them the thing that they should have been giving to Mexico for like the umpteenth time at this point, which is hilarious to me, Jared, because if you think about it, right, if you if CONCACAF goes into the protocol of of like, you know, phase one or whatever it is or, or you know, finding them afterwards. Like, it, it is the actual recognition of the act, right? Con it's not like CONCACAF is, is, like, denying that it happens. They're not trying to sweep it under the rug. Like, they are actually acknowledging that this is occurring, right? So you, you, are you shooting yourself in the foot here? Is this obviously, like, a double standard, blah, 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 all that stuff? It's just amazing to me that, that yeah, that Panama does it once, and, and they've, you know, admitted that Mexico has done it a million other times before, yet this is the, uh, uh, the diversity and punishment here. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and uh, by the way, I should also add that um, El Salvador also gets a one-game ban for throwing shit at uh, Guillermo Ochoa again. That is a, a fair uh, punishment, no issue with that. But again, the Panama one rings a little hollow, uh, given the, uh, the Mexico situation. Just uh, stunning. Yeah. All right. Speaking of punishments, my own goal of the day uh, is something, yeah, pretty similar. Uh, UEFA has finally handed down its punishment to the English FA. Uh, if everyone remembers uh, Euro 2020 this past summer, the final, well, semifinals and final uh, all at Wembley. Uh, and then some of the scenes coming out of that, uh, that title match, uh, just absolutely disgusting. I mean, people storming the gates. Uh, again, we, we mentioned, you know, like this one guy who kicked a handicapped person like out of their wheelchair, you know, and like tried to use it to get in. I mean, just absolutely disgusting scenes out of it. Uh, and it is finally now uh, got the punishment, you know, the rubber meets the road and time to pay the piper, all that stuff. Uh, so what is the punishment to the English FA uh, for this debauchery, for this absolute debacle at Wembley? Uh yeah, they're going to play one game behind closed doors. Not for any World Cup qualifiers, not for really any game of significance, but their next UEFA Nations League game. Because remember, Jared, this was a UEFA event, so they can right. also punish U UEFA stuff, right? Oh, and by the way, Arsenal just scored. Let's fucking go. Aubameyang, looks like. Um, anyways, uh, right. So, and who knows who the hell they're going to play, but it's like at least a year from now. Right. It's like it's for the 2022, 2023, uh, or maybe it's like a couple of months. Who knows? Whatever. Bottom line is a hundred thousand dollar fine and a closed door game. What does that really even do anything? And just like talking about punishments in general. Right. They have to be not just proportionate, but also immediate. Right. So you always associate. This is like the first thing you, you, you learn in psychology. One on one. You have to be able to associate right, that punishment with 
the thing that you did. So you don't do it anymore. You know, it's like the dog sees the rolled up newspaper. and He's not going to do it anymore because he doesn't want to get hit again. Right. So I don't know. I mean, for me, this just makes uh, makes no sense. Um, uh, you gotta are, are we bringing the individuals to justice as well? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to pull. My yeah, I was gonna say, are, are the individuals being brought to justice? You can easily look at that CCTV tape and see those guys that are kicking, you know, people out of their wheelchairs and stuff. Are, is any of that being done? I mean, it's supposed to, but uh, you never hear about it, right? Everyone, you very rarely hear the oh, they found the dude from this thing. Uh, I will give them credit. At least they're consistent about these punishments, right? Hungary, you know, the same thing happened with Hungary and we can't do it during a World Cup qualifier. It has to be a Euros qualifier or a Nations League match or whatever. whatever. So I guess you almost have to applaud UEFA of just, I mean, they're going full out with this this ludicrous exercise. Uh, but yeah, you would think you could probably see a guy in like a CCTV camera. It doesn't, we're, it's like 2021 and we have like technology and shit. And we have like pictures of people on like driver's licenses and passports. And yeah, it seems, seems like you could do it if you wanted to. Yeah, maybe they could take a page out of the the January 6th commission's uh, playbook. I don't know. Uh, Well, anyway, not like that's uh, working out. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, (laughs) did I miss something with that? Yeah, no. Uh, I think there's a couple people like pleading guilty and getting like 30 days probation or whatever, uh, you know, for literally storming the Capitol and uh, threatening to to kill people like lawmakers in our actual Capitol. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, we're going to leave that at that. Uh, let's end it on a positive note per usual wrapping up here, uh, our stoppage time winners. Um, I don't know, just straight away, Jared, uh, we didn't talk about the Liverpool game. Uh, but the first thing really that probably came to everyone's mind when we mentioned the Premier League, uh, was Mohamed Salah's goal, uh, this past weekend. I mean, again, we, we had touched on like the last pot about, uh, you know, the, the, uh, over, what do you call it? The embellishment of like, is he the best player in the world right now? Blah, blah, blah. Who knows or whatever. But the guy does not stop scoring incredible goals. Pull up the clip for this one. I mean, he just like got out of, he's at the top of the box at an angle, gets the ball. I mean, there were like three Watford defenders within a two yard radius of him and somehow just shakes them. I think part of it, they were also like scared shitless of getting posterized. So like two of them just kind of like went off in other directions, beats them puts another dude on ice skates, just that classic move where a guy tries to like slide tackle and block the shot. And he just like, he's literally just like watching the, you know, as he's sliding away, solid, just cut it back. No problem. All the time, all the space in the world. And then slots far post. Uh, yeah. That's a boner for me right there. No, brilliant goal. And, and a big number, you know, obviously recently he got to the a hundred career Premier League goals and uh, was amazing about that in a world of uh of people yelling at each other on social media about their player and, and, you know, Pinaldo and uh, Pernandez and Pessi and uh, uh, <laughs> Mohamed Salah has zero penalty goals in the Premier League. Every one of his goals uh, is either from the run of play or on a free kick, which is, it makes that number even more sterling. And as you said, he is not for the first time this month, uh, you know, absolutely had a, a wonderful uh, a goal in a Premier League match. And obviously it will not be the last time he is absolutely uh, incredible. Yeah, world-class for sure. Uh, Jared, that's mine. What's your stoppage time winner? Yeah, my stoppage time winner is going to go to a player who's slightly less, less well-known than one Mohamed Salah. His, his name is Aaron McCarry, and he is the goalie of a Northern Irish Premier League uh, outfit, Glenn, Tur- Glenn Torrin. And uh, he gets my uh, sarcastic, like fun-loving own uh, stoppage time winner because in their game over the weekend, they were winning 2-1 uh, with about 10 minutes to go. One of his teammates uh, had a bad turnover that resulted in the other team coming down and getting the equalizing goal. 
and uh, Mr. McCary was not too pleased with his uh, with his teammate for doing this. So he like absolutely like hogtied him, threw him to the ground, like gra- started pulling him by his shirt across the uh, pitch uh, before being broken up by his own teammates. And he was absolutely <laughs> red carded by the referee <laughs> for assaulting his own teammate. And uh, who among us that has ever been a goalie at any level of soccer uh, in any way, shape, or form has not wanted to do this to one of your defenders at least once in your life? If you can honestly yeah. say that you're an absolute, you're absolutely lying. I've done it in co-ed soccer, and I've wanted to absolutely like strangle my center backs for doing dumb things. So uh, good yeah. on the guy for just being like, you know what? Fuck it. I am going yeah. to absolutely attack this guy on my own team for being an absolute dunce and turning this ball over and helping and you know costing us two points. Yeah, there you have it. No, Jared, that's a great stoppage time winner. Uh, yeah, we, we've all thought it before, uh, but he actually <laughs> so he actually bad. said it slash did it, which did is it. And it's all again. It's another clip that you can uh, you can go find on your uh, on your local YouTube of choice, uh, and you can find this clip of him uh, just you know dragging the dude and uh, yeah having to be restrained by his own teammates. <laughs> Oh, uh, by the crazy. way, I should I should add right before, and I say this as with all the love in the world as a Newcastle fan, where the most famous like own you know teammate red card fight of all time happened what 15, 20 years ago now with a uh, Boyer oh, and I think right Dyer or whatever where they where they start throwing punches at each other and both got sent off at the same time. So yeah. I, I come from a I come from a little bit of a place of expertise when it comes to this kind of thing. <laughs> yes, you are our authority on uh, I guess you would call that intra squad violence or uh, manhandling. I don't know, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, great stoppage time winner, Jared. Uh, thank you so much, sir. You've been super gracious with your time, uh, and thank you to the traveling supporters. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, but we're going to call it right. There. So uh, if you were mildly entertained, uh, please tell a friend, spread the love. Uh, Godspeed. Bye con Dios. And cheers, y'all. I'm going to go with a bye-bye and a quick uh, let's go Atalanta against Manchester United. Yes, we are officially an anti-United power. Just leaning into it. Go Atalanta. And there you have it. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> He's our striker, he's on fire Ooh, hot, hotter than Mitrovic Scoring goals home and away He's playing from the ticks and he's on fire Grand talk was a catastrophe He just wouldn't go away Oh, and then Will Drake turned it round Cost us one million pound Whoa, I said Will Grigg turned it round, cost us one million pounds. Will Grigg is on fire, come on now, Will Grigg is on fire.